1: President Joe Biden and Democrats in Congress have been sparring over whether to pass a $1.2 trillion package that targets everything from roads to electrical grids. This also leaves hanging a potential fix to a huge problem in America, the digital divide. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to talk about this is our CNET reporter covering all things DC, Maggie Ridden. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the digital divide, can you give us an update on what's in this $1.2 $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill.
0: Yes. So uh, a key part of this um, bill is uh, about $65 billion. It's going to go toward broadband. And that's you know really important because this is like the biggest pot of money really ever that the federal government has um, earmarked for closing the digital divide. And it could go uh, a really long way in getting everybody in the US connected to broadband. So it's super, super important.
1: And just generally speaking, that 1.2 trillion, because that that amount you just specified, it's a relatively small sliver of this massive bill. What what else does that infrastructure bill kind of cover, generally speaking? Well, it's sort of the what we
0: think of as traditional infrastructure, like uh, things for updating roads and bridges and uh, electrical grids. And, um, you know, all of the sort of aging infrastructure in our country that for years has needed investment and hasn't gotten it. And this has really been um, something that Republicans and Democrats have been talking about for years. And and they all came together and said, yeah, we need to do something. And what's really great for you know, broadband proponents is that broadband is now being thought of as as this really vital and and you know, true hard infrastructure that the country needs to invest in,
1: right? And there, but there are some. There's some debate over whether or not this will actually go, and it's kind of stalled at this point. Uh, one of the issues is this separate human infrastructure bill. What is it, and and how does that? How did it all get tangled up into that original infrastructure bill?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the Democrats um, and, and President Biden, you know, sort of leading the charge, has wanted to, you know, also be investing in some of our social programs. So things like um, you know, free childcare for parents going back to work or affordable child care, maybe not necessarily free, um, you know, pre-K for all. Um help with uh, college tuition and, and free tuition to community colleges. Also a lot of things having to do with the environment. So these are more progressive type policies that uh, they put together in in a bigger bill. That's actually uh, the price tag is about three and a half trillion dollars. And really the, the fight that's happening now within the party is you've got um, at least two key Senate Democrats who are saying they think that $3.5 trillion is too much, too expensive, um, and they want to see that number brought down. But then you have progressives in the House who say, no, this is the number that we think we need to, to stay at because these are the programs that we think are really, really important and that's what we got elected for. And the way they're tying these together is they're kind of using the the infrastructure package that the Senate has already passed, that Republicans will already support. They're using that as kind of leverage, saying like, look, we're not going to even, you know, bring this up for a vote. We won't vote for it unless we have this other sort of human infrastructure piece of this. And, and those policies and programs also um, paid for in legislation.
1: So what do you think? will happen to these two bills? Is there a chance that you know, one or both just ends up dying or stalling? Well, what the progressive
0: wing has said is we, we will not vote for the infrastructure bill, which we know the Senate has already passed, which we know is very popular and a lot of people support and they support it as well. They're saying we will not pass that if we don't get something on you know, this sort of human infrastructure side of things. And so that's kind of where we are. I think, you know, they're when you, when I talk to, to people in DC, they're saying, you know, I think they're going to be able to work out a deal. It's, it's messy right now. They're behind closed doors working on it. But, um, you know, I think the fear is that the, the longer it takes, the further they get from, you know, that deadline of what they had in September, that maybe, uh, Maybe they won't get there, and then what happens uh, if this starts to drag out into next year? Will they be able to pass something? And and that's where you know some of the folks I talked to said, you know, it's really hard to pass uh, big spending measures in um, in an election year. And next year in twenty twenty two is uh, midterm elections,
1: right? Um, and and I guess that that kind of goes into why some digital divide experts are saying like this is a now or never moment? Like, why is this such a critical moment for trying to fix this digital divide problem?
0: Well, this is a problem that policymakers have known about for, you know, at least two decades and have been working toward. But the problem is it's never risen to like a high priority, um, to sort of the general public and general, um, politicians. And now that it has, uh, I think they're looking at this and they're saying, this is the moment to do it, right? Everybody just went through this horrible year and a half of lockdown where we were so dependent on our uh, our broadband and people see it. You don't have to go out and tell people why broadband is important. People get it now. But the further we kind of get away from those dark days, people and people start going back to their normal way of life, they may forget how important this part of our infrastructure is. And so they're saying, you know, this is the biggest pot of money that the federal government has ever talked about allocating for broadband. And, um, you know, we kind of need to seize the moment or we might not get as much uh, when we try to take a second bite of the apple.
1: Right. That that urgency level goes down with time, especially as we start to go back to normal, whatever that looks like. Um, I'm curious. And beyond that, I mean, the even if you took the pandemic out, I mean, the, the stakes here are pretty high because, you know, we've, we've seen that there are certain communities that have been disproportionately hurt by the digital divide or more hurt by the digital divide than others, right?
0: Yes. And, you know, and really, if you think about it, it's happening across our society and across our culture, right? There is a widening gap. And I think the digital divide is just sort of one more consequence of that, or, or maybe it's even one cause of it, right? I mean, um, there could be definitely an argument to be made that, like this digital divide, uh, where you have more people of color, more people who are low income who do not have access, and they they are the ones who really need it to be able to get into the workforce, to be able to get into you know having better healthcare outcomes and so forth. So when you lack that access, um, you know you don't have a lot of opportunities, and and you know I think um, people can debate. You know, it's I guess a chicken or egg thing. Is that what's causing some of the the divide here in our culture, or is that um, a consequence of that? So,
1: right, right. And I imagine it's a little bit of both. Right. The answer is probably a bit more nuanced than than cause and effect. Um, but uh, so, given the stakes, um, I'm curious what happens if. The infrastructure bill. Let's just say, worst case scenario, that like somehow just doesn't go through. We hit midterms. Like, is there what else? Is there like an alternative solution, or like is that is that just sort of it for the fix for digital drive? Like, is there a chance that a standalone bill, for instance, could get on broadband could get proposed?
0: Yeah, and there are some experts who are saying who who I talked to who are like, look, broadband is so popular. And so people know that this is a real need, you know, politicians on both sides of the aisle and they, they're confident that if sort of the whole thing falls apart, um, that this could get carved out, maybe even just like cut, cutting and pasting, uh, the language from, from the current infrastructure bill, um, and, and putting it in a separate bill that they think could get passed because on the, The policy side of things, there were no objections even to how much money was being proposed for broadband. There were no objections in terms of, you know, how the money was going to be used. So, you know, if uh, if politicians can kind of stay in that that frame of mind and still remember that they agreed to something, you know, in the summer of uh, 2021 and and do that in 2022, then they think that that could get passed. Of course, things change though, Um, you know, and it's hard to say what the political climate will be and what the appetite will be, you know, who knows, maybe Republicans in uh, the spring and next summer of next year might say, we're not gonna do anything. We don't want the Democrats to get a win on anything. Um, But I think the American public really uh, wants to see something being done and uh, w- would like to see some money. And another thing to keep in mind too, though, is that there was a lot of money doled out during the um, COVID relief funding. And some of that has been put to use for infrastructure and for some of these programs. So I think that is, you know, helping in terms of being a stopgap. but of course that money is going to run out at some point. And um yeah, and I think the public really wants um, wants this to continue because people want access, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty simple, but obviously the, the solution is far from that. Maggie, thanks for your time. You can check out our full story on cnet.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.